If you're a physician who wants more autonomy in how you practice or fulfillment in your life, you're in the right place. This is the Change Physician Podcast, where our guests reveal how you can learn the mindsets, skills, and strategies to create the life you want without selling out your morals or values. But before we begin, I want to remind you of the free book giveaways, guides, and other physician resources available to you at thechangephysician.com. Hey folks, welcome back to another episode of the Change Physician Podcast. This is your host, Dr. Kevin Kukar, with my fabulous co-host, Dr. Melissa Katie, and today's amazing guest, Giovanni Rondo. And Dr. Rondo has an incredible story. Of, we're going to start back at the beginning, obviously, and then progress into what she's doing now, which is some interesting stuff, but we'll hold off till the end here. And so, yeah. Giovanni, thank you so much for joining us today on the Change Physician. Thank you all so much for for just having this and, and, and for having me. It's just such a, a delight to do this. This is actually my very, I've never done a podcast. Oh, so this is just amazing okay. to be able to do this. Yeah. Well, I, let me I'm just warn you. Yeah. Uh-oh. Melissa Uh-oh. is very what? hardcore and she <laughs> makes our guests cry. I'm the nice, you know, the good cop, bad cop routine. I'm okay. the nice one. Okay. She's oh, the okay. I'm with it. All I'm right. with Okay. But I think you'll do fine with this. So, but you know, we, we're, we're joking around, but I, I want to start back at why you decided to go into medicine. You know, why did you make that initial decision? There's a lot of commitment to it. I don't think many of us know what we're getting into, but why did you make that choice? I wanted a challenge. Okay. I like the channel. I liked a good challenge. And I actually, I had never really thought about being a physician young in life. I know a lot of people talk about, oh yeah, I knew when I was a kid and I knew when I was, you know, really young that I wanted to be a doctor. Me? Nope. I had trouble like with the sciences, with math. And I literally thought of it as a great challenge that let me just kind of see if I can do this. I actually had, um, a lot of experience in hospitals and both my parents were really sick. My, I'm, I'm the youngest of eight children. And so being the baby, my parents were older. And so I was always in and out of hospitals and stuff. And I loved our family doctor. Um, and I thought about, oh, maybe I can do nursing, but I never saw any other African-American, you know, physicians or anything like that. I saw a few nurses and I thought, okay, let's maybe do nursing. And then someone put a little bug in my ear and said, maybe consider being a doctor. And I was like, eh, maybe not. And then they were like, challenge yourself and see. And I thought, okay, let, let me, you know, that is a lot of science. It's a lot of math and it's a lot of, but let me see, because one of the things that I didn't want to do is be much older and then regret that I didn't try. You know, maybe if I tried and I fell on my face, yeah, but I didn't want to be 90 and then be like, well, what would have happened if I'd at least tried? So really medicine was just in a way, kind of like a challenge. Let's see if I can actually do it. And so I ended up going off to college and kind of, you know, looking into different fields and, and kind of, um, you know, still interested in maybe some other things, but I just kept going back to the sciences, kept going back to medicine and being a physician. Um, there was just something that just kept drawing me to it. I really loved helping people. And one of the things that I found, both my parents, like I said, were sick when I was in like middle school and also high school. And I always wanted to help them, but I couldn't. So this was kind of a way that I could do just that to, to help. And I, you know, still do that to this day. So, so I made the right decision. So you, you do this challenge and you start this challenge and then the day comes, you get accepted to medical school. So what was mm -hmm. your medical school experiences and did they sort of line up with that same challenging viewpoint? When I asked for a challenge, I got it in medical school. <laughs> medical school was tough. Yeah. It was, 
I definitely have to say that that was the hardest several years of my life for real. Um, so let me just kind of back up a little bit. So um, when I went off to college, my mother died. Mm. And so that was tough. Um, but it made me that much more, okay, this is, you know, something that I really want to do to help others. Mm. So when I uh, got into medical school, my father had a massive stroke. Wow. Six months later, he had another massive stroke. And so he was completely bedridden. So my first year of medical school, I was taking, um, you know, anatomy, physiology, and coming home and taking care of him. Wow. And that was really difficult, really difficult. So I, I kind of felt the, I don't know, I had a personal, you know, relationship. And then, of course, I was doing what I was doing in, you know, in the classroom. So it was, it, it was hard. And so throughout medical school, I always say that my dad was actually my very first patient. And he was. So when I got through the first two years and then started doing um, the actual physical exams and all of that, because it's so exciting, I would practice on my father. <laughs> I would listen to his heart and lungs. And he was just so patient and loving. And I would do a neural exam. He had had several strokes. So, I, you know, his neural exam was pretty significant. Wow. Um, so I just had, you know, all this, you know, real world experience, um, you know, when I first started medical school. So, but, and that was tough. But I, you know, I have a really large family and very supportive and all that. But fortunately, it still was kind of like me that kind of did everything. I was kind of like the central person who organized all the, like, all my doctor, all my father's doctor visits. And um, thank goodness my dad, my dad was a veteran. So he was able to get into the, you know, VA system and get a lot of care that way. Um, but it, it was tough. Medical school is probably the, like I said, the toughest four years of my life. And, um, and whew, so, so when people talk about like being in a war, I think of being in medical school, wow. you know, I think of, you know, I have, you know, different experiences that were very traumatic for me and that, um, whew, it, it was rough. Yeah, it was rough. So, yeah, I, I just can't even imagine actually that, you know, because you hear about challenges. And I, I remember looking at some of the kids, kids, some of the people in our uh, medical school class that had families and like young families. Mm -hmm. and I thought that was difficult, but I can't even imagine going home to a sick parent. And then, yeah, because it is it, it. Those first two years of medical school are brutal. Like, I don't think anybody. Yes. I don't yeah. in shadow until the days come home and you can have parents that were physicians or whatever, but I don't, until you're in the trenches, you just simply don't know the volume of material that you're being uh, fire hosed with. Exactly. So, and that's exactly why I call it a war because you're in the trenches, you're in the trenches with, and fortunately you're with other people. And that's, you know, really the beauty of, of medicine is that you're with others and you're going through some of the same things. Um, and that's really what helped me through medical school. My, some of my really, some of my best friends came from medical school. And, and um, so it, it really does help to have your comrades who you go through things with and who can understand what, you know, what it's all about and what it's like. So yeah, it, it, it's tough. Um, and you know, the studying part is, is you know, is, is tough you know, getting all that material in was, you know, very, very difficult. But one of the things that I did have when I was in college, they had different programs that 
um, were really geared towards helping when you decided you wanted to become a physician or a doctor, they had programs to help you. So one of the great things that we had was a summer program that taught us how to literally speed read mm. and not just speed read, but speed read to the point where you understand and you are able to, um, can, you know, you know, keep the knowledge in you know, really retain that information because that's really what medical school kind of does is within, you know, the first couple of years, you're taking really what is the equivalent of really 10 years of information and condensing it down to 24 months. And it's just a lot of information. Maybe I'm exaggerating that 10 years, but you know. I, I'm not by all lot. Like it. <laughs> it, it is, there. it is, it is. <laughs> I, I like to, you know, the, the actual material itself is not necessarily difficult. The problem is, is mm -hmm. the volume of the that, volume. of that material. Yes. And yes, that was the thing that was just astounding to me. Like it was, it was, this is just a lot of material. And, and then in our particular program, I'll never forget. Cause it, you get to the point where you're just doing tests. It's like every Monday, yes. Thursday, we're tests. And so yes. it's like yes. ready for one. And then the next one comes and they study for the one. And the next one comes, but you're bringing yeah. back the memories here. Yeah, it's, in, <laughs> it's tough. Yes, it is it may, tough. So, oh, go ahead. No, so I said just on top of that, you know, just having the, the things that I dealt with with my dad. Um, yeah. But, you know, there was a time when I, I thought, mm, is this really what I want to do? And be, actually, there was a time when I, I wasn't doing very well on one of my tests. And so, I unfortunately, I had to repeat it. And that it, it was like a, a moment that just clarified everything for me because I was like, do I really want to be a doctor? And if not, what else am I going to do? And I answered that just flat out. I was like, this is the only thing I can imagine doing. I don't want to do anything else. This is it. So I just kind of buckled down that much more. Um, I'm a woman of faith. So I prayed about it, buckled down. And I was just adamant about this is what I am going to do. I, I, I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to do something different. Um, this is, you know, this is this opportunity that I have. And I'm going to just put my full effort into it as much as I, you know, I'm just going to throw it all and, and, and just do it. So, so, and I did. And so, but I can really, I can still remember that. It kind of gives me, I remember where I was and, you know, everything just, because I, I, I was really torn because I didn't do it. And, you know, you know, we're used to being at the top, you know, being valedictorian, being the number one in our class or, or at least up there. And then when you, you know, get to a point where you're failing, whoa, that's, that's not right. That's not where we're supposed to be. And so, you know, so I had to a lot of just, you know, soul searching and just, and I, I remember that. And I, I knew there's nothing else I want to do at this point, nothing else. So I, I have to do it. So, and luckily it, it, it did, or prayerfully it, it did work out. So, yeah. yeah. So with that conviction that you are going to keep pursuing this dream of being a physician, at what point uh, did you decide what field you wanted to be in within or what specialty? Well, I, I really enjoyed everything. Um, and I could never really pick. So when I first went into medical school, I thought, okay, I'm going to be a, I'm going to do psych. And when I got into psych, I liked it. But then I got into OB and I liked that. And then I got into ophthalmology and I liked that. And I liked everything. 
and actually I, I was a little bit more focused maybe more so on excuse me excuse me into the OBGYN sector but then I, I did some some work at the VA I, I did some of my rotation at the VA and my dad was a veteran and so I you know so I saw both sides of it and I was like I'd miss the guys if I only saw women, you know, <laughs> so I could never, but the one field that I knew I wasn't going to do was pediatrics. Mm. Uh-uh. I, no. <laughs> sick kids, nope. I love kids. I love children, but sick ones, nope. Yeah. So I knew. So when I did my pediatrics, I said, I'm going to really enjoy this because this is the last time I want to really deal with kids. <laughs> so, but I think that's so valuable. It's so valuable to have those. I love how we did you know, different rotations and had those real world, you know, just had real experiences, you know, hands-on just right there with our, you know, our resident or our intern. And I'm talking about from medical school, you know, just being able to rotate and do different things. I loved it. Um, but so the only thing that I could really say that I didn't want to do was pediatrics. So that's how I came up with internal medicine because I, I could still do the range of, of, of different things. And I, I really enjoyed the hospital setting too. So I like the outpatient and hospital setting. Um, I like both sexes. I like to, you know, all the different disease states. And one of the things um, that I really enjoyed was how you can kind of be an, an advocate for your patient and you can also teach them. Um, I don't know, it's just, it just, it just had everything that I wanted. You could do some psych. With actually, you know, in practice now, it's like, gosh, I, I feel like maybe 70% of what I do is psych, <laughs> you know, just, you know, sitting down, listening, talking, maybe prescribing, you know, certain medications, but, you know, the other 30% comes, you know, from other things, but it's like the basics for a lot of, you know, chronic medical conditions to me has a mental, you know, uh, component, you know, why are you eating so much? that causes your obesity, that then causes your high blood pressure, your diabetes, you know, why are you, why do you smoke so much, you know? So, mm -hmm. so anyway, so it all worked out anyway. So, yeah. So you, you took this internal medicine. Did you go into traditional type practice initially? Mm -hmm. how, how did that all pan out? So when I finished um, my residency, I was just doing exactly what, you know, I had been taught to do work as an outpatient, also inpatient. And um, a lot of my colleagues, when I finished my residency, they were doing either or, either going into being a hospitalist or, you know, you know, just dealing with the hospital setting or just doing outpatient, but I wanted both. Mm -hmm. And so that was very important for me because I just, I loved the, the, comprehensiveness and the continuity of care that you provide when you can do both. Mm -hmm. um, there's just something about when you see someone in a hospital and then see them as an outpatient, how fulfilling that is and vice versa, you know, knowing someone, you know, from, you know, the outpatient setting while they're in the hospital mm -hmm. and being able to have that, that just complete connection with them was just, just so wonderful. And I think also, you know, with, with my history of, with my family history of seeing both my parents in the hospital and dealing with that, I just really loved how our family doctor, you know, was, you know, was able to take care of us in the hospital, take care of my parents in the hospital, and then also as an outpatient. He was just such a complete physician. So I, he's really my role model that I, you know, kind of look to. So I continue that, um, you know, into the first portion of, of my practice and loved it. I loved it. Absolutely. 
I, I got to ask then what happened because mm-hmm. you, you sort of touched on a nerve for me that I hadn't really thought about in a long time. Mm-hmm. And that was the, the guy I had shadowed for like a year or two before I went to medical school. He was an internist and he did. He rounded on his patients in the hospital. Mm-hmm. I don't know if anybody does that anymore. Really, yeah. because he eventually had to stop, and it was because of the financial part. It is, in, in, Dinosaur. In the, yep. Yeah, but 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 you you kind of think about it. It you are at your most vulnerable in this traumatic situation of being in a hospital, and who mm-hmm. are you going to want to see? Everybody new, yes. or maybe that your physician that knows yes. you that can carry exactly. that through. So, wow. So I I, I what happened? <laughs> <laughs> like what happened there? Well, 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 several things actually happened and it was just kind of like a perfect storm. One thing I have to say is that I love taking care of people. I love the interaction that I have with just being with a patient. That is like when I'm in the room, literally, I don't know if y'all have seen um, Hamilton or heard it. Uh, and being in the room that's where yes. that's <laughs> the room where it oh happened. my goodness that is just the best place to be is in that room right not out doing all that paperwork on the computer out there dealing with administration dealing with you know all kind of other things but being in the room and connecting with with someone so so I got married um and I uh had a daughter or I have a daughter and so my life changed tremendously because before I got married and before I had my daughter, I spent a lot of time in the office and, you know, in the, in the hospital setting. Because to do a good, to, in, in my opinion, to do a good job, to do a great job, like what I wanted to do and to be about excellence, doing my best, you had to spend time. You had to spend time going to the hospital first thing in the morning. Um, you go to your office. Then during lunch, you go back to the hospital and then you go back to your office. And then if you got an admission, then you go back to the hospital. And so that is just not a great combination when it comes to, you know, being a wife and being a mom, mm-hmm. uh, just overall. So I, I had to spend less time. So something really traumatic happened during my first, wait a minute, when my daughter was almost two. And so I said, that's it. I can, I, first of all, I want her to know me. Because me leaving out at six o'clock in the morning and not coming back until seven o'clock at night doesn't, or sometimes later, doesn't lend to an optimal, you know, parenting for me in terms of what I looked at, you know, being a, being a mom. And so unfortunately, both my parents had passed on my mother. Like I said, uh, she passed when I was in college. My father died um, a week before I graduated from medical school. So I'm sorry, I don't mean to get. So just thinking about it, just, but anyway, so my support system wasn't as robust as maybe others. And, but regardless, I wanted to be a present mom. I wanted my daughter to know me instead of, I remember telling a couple of my my girlfriends that, honey, all she's going to say is some lady walks in, um, you know, eight o'clock at night, kisses me and that's it, you know? So I really want my daughter to know me and I want to know her and I want to be a full active participant in her care. So I had to cut back. Um, So during that same time, there was more of a push on electronic medical records. Mm -hmm. (sighs) So the combination of that, more of the electronic medical records, I found myself, okay, um, you know, I'm not going to the hospital. So I stopped going to the hospital. 
Um, and that was okay, but some of my patients didn't have a problem with that. Um, and then I started cutting back on my hours in the office, but I still wanted to make the same amount of money. So I had to kind of squeeze more patients in. So I had to see patients quicker um, in, a, in a more condensed time frame. Whew, and it was just rough. And it doesn't allow you to spend the, the quality time that you really need. Um, so electronic medical records, my daughter. And then I just felt like I wasn't really con well, for connecting as much. I wasn't, I was being more of a commodity, more of a, you know, cog in a wheel kind of thing. Um, when it came to the administration, I was working for a really large organization, which I had worked for when I finished my residency. So, so I stayed with the same practice, but the practice grew, to, and, which is great. That's great for growth. Um, I mean, that's great just for the, for the overall huge conglomerate that I was a part of. But I just kind of started feeling a little bit more lost, like I'm losing what I even went into medicine for, which is to really take care of people really love on people and really truly take care of them and not just, okay, five, you know, spend five minutes with them. But really most of my attention is on the electronic medical records, trying to type in everything. I felt like Liberace talking to them, but singing at the same time and typing and all that. And I was like, I just, mm -mm, that's just not what I want to do. Um, so with all that, I really cut back my hours and I started thinking more and more about what my ideal kind of practice looked like, what, what I really wanted to do. And that's really to spend more time with, with my patients and be compensated accordingly and get back to the true practice of medicine and the true love that I have, which is really, you know, getting to know people, taking care of them um, and, and doing just that. But th there was a caveat too. It's, and not really a caveat, but there was a time when I was, I was doing all those things, but I wasn't really taking care of myself. So I'd go into rooms and I'd tell people all this stuff and I'd come out of a room and I wasn't even doing it myself. I would tell them to eat well. I would tell them to exercise. I would tell them to get all this sleep. I would tell them, stop allowing such and such to treat you this way. Start, you know, really standing up for yourself, all this, these things. But I'd come out of the room and I was living a different life. I was really being hypocritical. So not only did my did, did all these changes come, but I, 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 I had to really be honest with myself and say, am I living that kind of life that I tell people to, to live? I'm not being authentic. I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm just not. So some different things happened. Also, my, um, my, uh, my daughter's father ended up uh, being diagnosed with colon cancer. And I had to take a step back in, in a way I, you know, I had to take a step forward and back. I had to, you know, just did a lot of soul searching, just a lot of different things. And I just decided that I really need to make, make some really major changes throughout the year. So like I said, I cut back my hours, really started looking into entrepreneurship. I looked into, you know, just having my own thing and being able to, and it's not just, you know, about, you know, money per se or business, but it's about really having everything that I want, like, um, you know, having a practice and seeing people, but also having enough time to take care of myself and also my daughter, excuse me, and, and spending time with my family, having hobbies, 
you know, having other things that I do outside of the field. So even though, you know, I'm this physician and I do all these things, but I'm still, I'm mom. I am, I'm no longer a wife anymore, but, you know, but I'm mom and I'm a granddaughter, even though my, both my parents are deceased. My grandmother is 103. I'm, a, I'm an aunt. I'm a niece. Um, I'm a cousin. I'm a good girlfriend. I'm a part of all these community organizations, you know, my faith is in Christ. You know, there's just so many different things. There's so many different hats that I wear. And so I need to also have that as a part of my identity, not just, I'm just the big MD or I'm just the big doctor, you know, but I'm other things too. And I need to fulfill those roles as well without it being so much one-sided or, or, or even if it's not one-sided, just being so overwhelmed with all the different hats that I wear. So I decided that I really wanted to kind of, you know, really have a life that is very um, holistic, you know, for me, um, where I have time to spend with my daughter, I have time for my hobbies, just all those different things. Um, and so being an entrepreneur and doing my own thing and, and, and really, in a way, developing my own practice, like literally what I have and, and who I am, no one else is really doing that in this area where I am. And so it's, it's, it, it's, it's different. When you do something, to, when you're a pioneer, it's really, um, it's different and it's scary. But just like the whole challenge of getting into the field of medicine, this is another challenge. And it's like, I wouldn't do it any other way because when I'm 103, like my grandmother, I don't want to look back and say, I wish I'd have, you know, done this. I wish I'd have, you know, lived a life like this. Like my grandmother now, I actually, I'm going to be going in with her in just a couple minutes, but she'll tell me just different things that she wish she had done, but she didn't have the opportunity. Um, she was born in 1917 and as an African-American um, female, you can imagine the opportunities just were not there at all. So she could be a domestic, um, you know, and that's what she did. But her dream had had been to become a teacher, but she did not have the opportunity to actually do that. She was one of the older children in the family. And so um, she had to actually stop, stop school, I believe in the fourth grade wow. and, you know, start actually working. She had to actually start working at, at a really young age. Like my daughter is now, she'll be 11 tomorrow. And I can't even imagine her going out and working, you know, but that's what my grandmother had to do back in her day. She had to actually start working to make money for the family. And so those opportunities just were not there. So I don't want to regret not doing something. So I could fall flat on my face tomorrow, but at least I tried and, and you know, put forth that effort. So yeah, I have two things. First of all, my, my motto for um, uh, being the challenge doctor, I'm so glad you brought up challenge because it's, I always say, see change within challenge. You don't have that opportunity for growth or change um, without challenging yourself. So kudos to you for, for pushing yourself in that direction. But, you know, it's interesting you talked about how, you know, medical school is like a war, like kind of like you feel like you're in a war zone and, but yet you're together and you're in it together and, and you can get through it together and, and you can lean on each other. And it's interesting when you become kind of an entrepreneur that's trying to come out of this world of um, everyone is, uh, I can't think of the word right now, but 
everyone is conforming to the ways in which we are trained, um, it's to kind of evolve or challenge yourself to pull out of that conforming environment. It sometimes can feel isolating, can feel like you're alone sometimes. You kind of have to seek out those entrepreneurial mindsets, whether they're medical or not. And and uh, it, it, it does feel like sometimes you're, you're emerging on your own um, amidst- Lone the, Ranger, yeah. That's right, you feel like that. And, and you feel like you have to wear multiple hats using your words. And, and so I'm curious with all the multiple hats, one of the other hats you had is, is helping and volunteering with the church's emergency medical response. Um, yes. and I'm not sure what the foods, food, not bombs. Can you, can you explain that whole thing that you're involved in? Yeah. So one of the things that I'm really, I love and I'm passionate about is, you know, in the medical field, we talk so much about, um, you know, healthy lifestyles. Mm -hmm. So how do we get those healthy lifestyles to communities who are not optimally serviced, basically? Mm -hmm. So poor communities, like where I come from, West Louisville, which is, uh, a, a poor community, um, marginalized, mostly African-American population. And so a couple of years ago, a medical student, I, I was just, you know, doing my thing and a medical student uh, that I met at my church um, brought a big thing of food to me and said, do you know of anyone who could use food? And I was like, oh yeah. So I found different people who could utilize the food. And so I, I'm, because she knew that I was really big about, I don't like, I like for people to get healthy food accessible um, and I don't like waste and so this organization called Food Not Bombs actually started way back during the Vietnam War mm. and it literally that they started this back then um, with the thought that let's give food and, and share food and not bombs and bombing people mm. so and I live in Louisville Kentucky or work in Louisville Kentucky and so um, this organization actually has you know, different places all over the world, has different links all over the world, but it did not have one in Louisville, Kentucky. So they started it up years, several years ago, and I became involved in this organization. And now I'm kind of like the volunteer coordinator for it. So I, I get all the coordinators to go out to local um, stores, grocery stores, where they're going to throw away good food. Mm. And we take that good food and we bring it to communities that need that good food. Um, and so we, we, we are supplying a need and then we're avoiding waste because that food is just gonna go, good food is gonna go to a landfill or, a, you know, so, so that's what Food Not Bombs is. And it's a volunteer organization, we're all volunteers. And I don't really think of it as charity. I think of it as, I think of it as just redistributing our resources basically because some of us as volunteers sometimes we'll take some of the food if, if it all doesn't go to you know other people we'll like say hey I'll take some of these potatoes I'll take some of you know these greens or you know milk or whatnot because it's all going to go to waste if we don't mm. and I end up you know taking it maybe to some of the other charity places after we've taken it to uh, some of the some of the locations that you know we normally take it to um and so it's just basically a, an organization that is dedicated to redistributing food, good food uh, for our uh, community that's going to, you know, come from grocery stores, basically. So, and I love it. I, I love that. I love the concept. 
And I just, you know, want to see it, you know, spread around and I want to see more of it. You know, how do we, you know, stop all this waste and feed our, feed our families, feed other families, feed people who need it. Sure. That's wonderful. All right. Well, I got to ask you, Giovanni, because we've covered, yeah. you know, your, your history of practice. We've covered all these other hats that you wear, where you're a volunteer coordinator for this organization, doing fantastic stuff. You're a mother. Mm-hmm. But what are you doing now? So wh- what made, you know, you stepped down this entrepreneurial world. So what is your current practice? So my current practice is actually a mobile um, internal medicine, direct primary care practice. And it's just a fancy term for, I see patients directly and I'm really focused on wellness and prevention for my patients. Instead of working for a big organization where you may see, um, I don't know, an assistant or a a nurse um, have to deal with a lot of administrators or whatnot. Nope. My patients see me and I can actually go to their homes or their places of business if that's allowed. And I administer the as excellent of care as I possibly can or administer great care to them directly. And so that's what I'm doing. And that's, and I'm back to doing exactly what I love, which is taking care of people. Um, instead of checking boxes, dealing with prior authorizations, lots of paperwork, lots of politics, lots of other things, I'm getting back to, you know, doing exactly what I went into medicine for, which is to truly take care of people. And that's in their homes. And it's actually, it's kind of going back to um, the way medicine used to have been practiced, actually, when my grandmother was was coming up and was around, where doctors actually came to the home. And you had a long-term relationship with the, with the doctor. And you, you know, they knew you, they took care of you um, in and out of the hospital. Now, that's one thing I don't do. I don't go back into the hospitals. I'm just outpatient. And, but what I really try to focus on is wellness prevention and trying to do the things upstream that um, avoid the problems that you'll have downstream. Mm-hmm. So that, that's basically what I'm doing. And my practice is called Global MD, like uh, mobile, but with a G <laughs> because I, I go to the different locations. So yeah, <laughs> so I like to go to where the healthcare needs are. And the way that I kind of received that was in a way kind of different things, but uh, especially in, in, in the African-American community, a lot of times uh, people don't actually come, don't like to come to the doctor. Um, and I found that especially African-American males don't like to come to the doctor. And I remember when I saw my first one, it was like, oh yeah, in my old practice, I was like, oh yay, <laughs> but they don't come out. And so I, I had different things where I would actually go to them. I would have health fairs. I would go to barber shops or whatnot. And this was early in my practice. And I loved that aspect. So I wanted to continue that by going to the locations that need health care. And so that's a part of some of the things that I've done. I've gone to with the Global MD. I've gone to a couple of uh, barber shops. Um, like I said, I go to a patient's homes and I provide health care. And I, what we really like to do, or what I really like to do, is take the middleman, which is insurance and administrators, out of the equation. So I don't deal with insurance. It's all just, just you know, between me and the patient. So. so are you set up then like your typical direct primary care where it's, it's yes. a membership model? Well, uh, people can join in the membership model. So I allow them to do that, or they'll just do it on a, 
on a visit by visit basis. Mm -hmm. And I have visits that where I can actually see them in, in my office, go to their home or their place of business and do virtual visits. So they have several different ways to choose to actually see me, literally see me. <laughs> so yeah, or I see them, you know, overall. So yeah, so, but it is, it's direct primary care and it is, it does have a membership model. And what I love about the membership model that I developed is that um, it, it, it's not just me, I can take care of them and we can you know, deal with that membership model, but there's an upgrade, which, because a lot of times it's not just what I do in the office. Most of it, and healthcare is really most of what we do at home, what we eat, how we exercise, how much sleep we get, all of those things. So what I've done is I've kind of um, prepared a package where people can see me as their primary care doctor, but they can also see a nutritionist or diet, a registered dietitian and also a personal trainer to just allow for that better accountability and that real holistic kind of model that's so very important for optimal health care. So it lends to, you know, some people kind of focus on that when it comes to weight loss per se. And that's something that, you know, some of my patients have been able to achieve is, is great weight loss. But it, it really lends to just an overall more optimal well-being. Because I know for myself, personally, it's really been great because I, I work with the, the personal trainer myself. And then I don't necessarily always use a dietitian, but I do get tips that help me to make better decisions. Um, you know, I eat all kinds of, or I have in the past, but I'm, you know, like I, like I said before, I'm trying to live a better lifestyle, so that more of a model for my patients and being much more um, consistent with the values that I espouse to actually, you know, um, possess them myself. So, so kind of, you know, the whole thing, practicing what you preach just overall is, is really been something that I really like to do with this whole, you know, global MD just brand. And so I'm, you know, just starting out, it's, 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 you know, just within the last uh, six months. And it, it's really been incredible to start a, a business in a pandemic. <laughs> it's really been something, but I tell you, when I look at it, it's, it's, I'm still, this is where I need to be. This is exactly where I need to be. It, it's scary. I've never had a business. I've been a doctor for decades now. And so, and I love what I obviously, you know, I love what I do and everything, but this business thing, it's a huge learning curve, but I do, I have a village that I'm, you know, uh, I've kind of developed of other entrepreneurs, other physician uh, leaders who are, you know, willing to kind of step outside of the box and, and do something different. So it, it's really been wonderful. That's there, wonderful. There's so much I would love to explore here, but I know... Uh -huh. We are approaching end of time, but yeah. uh, yeah, um, we'll have to save that for another episode because, uh, but I'll just kind of foreshadow here. What I, I'd love to talk to you more about, which <laughs> I know we're running out of time, is this idea of doing these home visits because just like you said, hope, you know, that's where health is, is in the home. Yes. And I'm sure those perspectives as a physician, when you're walking in the door and then seeing that environment that people are living in and the foods that they're eating and, and and you know how is it safe to even walk and all these things come together yes. it really is uh anyway we have to save that for another conversation yeah well, we'll so, 
we'll have to reach out to you again. Um, I assume go, goalmd.com is where everyone can find everything about you, or is there some other place to you like for people to find you? Sure. It, it is. It's goalmd, that's G O B I L E M D.com. Or they can also put in uh, my name, um, Dr. GiovanRondo.com. So that's www.drgia, V as in victory, O N N E R O N D O.com. So that's a longer version, but you know, <laughs> but I, I have both. So, you know, I'm, like I said, I'm still learning these things and, and you know, just the whole website development yes. and marketing Whew, it's a lot hey so. if you if you can get through medical school you can find a way through this too just have to be yes. patient and have compassion for yourself but i i yes. want to thank you again for joining us on the podcast it's very clear that you believe in this uh idea but also this philosophy of being connected with the patient whether it was seeing them in the hospital and seeing them outpatient, reconnecting back with the community, reconnecting back with yourself. I think there's a lot of parallels here of just reconnection and really getting to the basis of what true medicine is and being a healer and really being there for people and walking the journey with them and understanding the environment they're in and repurposing things when need be, as you had said about all the food you're trying to get out to people as well. So thank you again for for sharing your story. And for those listening out there, I am Melissa Cady, The Challenge Doctor, joined by my co-host, Dr. Kevin Kakaro. And we look forward to seeing you on the next episode of The Change Physician. And if you need to learn more about us, you can go to thechangephysician.com and join the community, whether you're a physician or a physician ally. Y'all take Thank care. Thank you for joining us today on the Change Physician Podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, please let us know by going to thechangephysician.com. And while you're there, be sure to check out the free book giveaways, guides, and other physician resources available to you simply by joining the community at thechangephysician.com.